more on Halo Talks, I have the pleasure of having Gunjin, who is the Chief Digital Officer, Chief Product Officer for Walgreens uh, Boots Alliance with me. Uh, we are both fellow Harvard Business School alums from 1999. So several years later, we get reconnected and are on somewhat opposite, but I think uh, going to be on the same side of the health and fitness industry uh, as the years progress here. Um, so, Gunjan, thanks for being on and you know, representing Walgreens, which has always been kind of coveted by the fitness industry as somebody that we'd want to have a closer relationship with and not just, well, you guys are on the retail side and we're on the exercise side and you know, keep doing your thing, we'll keep doing our thing. I feel like there's time. Part of it's probably digital, probably part of it's convenience, probably it's because our missions have, are now somewhat converging even more closely than they were before, but to help people get them to feel better in a holistic way without having to take, uh, get on any kind of blood thinners or, um, uh, you know, diabetes drugs. So, you know, we're both on the preventative health side. So do you want to just uh, take a couple minutes, take people through your personal background, and then we can talk about where Walgreens is headed and what the health club and fitness studio operators that we work with, um, you know, what they could expect and what they should think about Walgreens, maybe redefine how they view, you know, your company's initiatives and, and presence. Sure, great. Thank you for having me, Pavit. I think it's just great, uh, great to be on, on, on the podcast. Um, yes, so uh, I uh, have been in what I call just uh, consumer services and uh, tech, uh, innovation business uh, for 25 years of my career. And I've always uh, relished the opportunity of using technology, physical space, and uh, you know, retail space, uh, mobile apps, whatever tools I have to create innovation for making our lives better. I am a consumer-back, customer-back person first. And I j truly think we are living in a time where because of digital and mobile and technology, the, uh, the amount of opportunity ahead of us is enormous. I mean, I spent most of my career in what I call digital media and entertainment, video, companies like Microsoft, Amazon, uh, and so forth. And uh, most recently at Disney. But one thing I noticed about a year or two ago is as you look at our lives over the last 20 years in terms of how we shop, how we travel, how we communicate with friends, how we order food and so forth, how much I mean, how much those parts of our lives have changed over the last 20 years. So just, you couldn't imagine, uh, you know, living without, you know, ordering uh, transportation or food or shopping online. And then we look at, you know, healthcare, fitness, taking care of ourselves, something that's so personal, something that's so incredibly uh, important to all of us. And that's something all of us have to encounter, whether we like it or not, every day. And yet the amount of innovation in those areas, if you look at it, has not been that much. You know, our lives, we still, you know, do the pretty much the same thing we were doing 20, 30 years ago in terms of uh, uh, taking care of ourselves, whether it's take, making a medical appointment or dealing with insurance or fitness and so forth. Gotcha. So, which is what really attracted me that here, you know, is something that all of us need 
and there is this tremendous potential uh, provided by retail revolution and technology, and yet the the progress hasn't been much, which is really what attracted me to a company that's uh, committed to wellness um, and health and fitness uh, of uh, consumers, which is what led me to uh, come to Walgreens Boots Alliance. And uh, we are a, a global a company with uh, 400,000 people and locations in 20, a presence in 25 countries. Uh, so it's just the amount of, and even in the U.S., uh, millions of customers pass through a Walgreens store every day. So the opportunity and uh, to just serve the needs of the customers was enormous, and that's what brought me here. Right. And you know, and to your second question about, I think what we define ourselves. As uh, you know, most of us, most people think of us as pharmacy and retail. We really have defined ourselves for over a hundred years as in being in the business of taking care of people. And taking care of people has at least three components. We're adding more, but at least three components, which is you know taking care of your uh, your your healthcare, just uh, your medicine, dispensing uh, medicine, whatever you need as as a pharmacy, providing. Uh, advisory and care and, and services outside of that in terms of over-the-counter medicine, other wellness, uh, other tools and services for uh, you to take care of your health preventively. And the third one is beauty. We are, have always been in the business of making you feel better. So it's just not taking care of you, but I think feeling and looking better is an important part of uh, feeling better wellness. And I think, as you can imagine, the natural extension of that is how can we be even more holistic in taking care of uh, your health and fitness, wellness is a big part of it. I mean, historically, we have expanded into other areas of care, like delivering uh, lab services, flu vaccinations, and uh, uh, even you know, advisory doctor. We have experimented with uh, services in uh, some part of our store chain where a doctor is on site, for example. So I think. We are very committed to using our store footprint and our connection with our consumers to improve their health, the entire journey, and making them making them well. We at this point, and then the second area, as we were talking about earlier, we're looking at is the digital uh, health because I, I, I truly believe. I mean, as coming from a, the world of digital technology, um, the we are really at the cusp of uh, this revolution, which is digital technology, whether it's wearables or other um, connected services and ECGMs, all that you have to truly advance and proliferate the idea of everyone being able, being able to be have greater fitness and more conveniently be able to take care of their health and wellness and fitness in their home or in their work, wherever they are. And I'm sure, you know, as the as the host of this podcast, you have come across really, you know, a lot of the innovations that we've seen in the personal fitness space. Uh, and so we see as Walgreens also an opportunity for us to help our customers with uh, everything related to using those tools, uh, advisory services, 
uh, value additions or uh, subscription management, everything related to how you can use these revolutionary technologies, devices, gadgets to help with your fitness and wellness in a convenient manner. So how do you think about, you know, historically, there's kind of been, you know, the health clubs uh, and yoga studios and studios and everyone's kind of been running down, you know, almost like uh, if there was like a, a four-lane highway, I feel like, you know, the Walgreens and, and some of your competitors have kind of been in the, you know, here's the four walls, here's the convenience, here's the products. And the health club industry has kind of been you know, driving down a parallel path, but there's never really been any convergence or any collaboration between the two. You know, one, I guess, is, you know, from your historical view, you know, why do you think these companies have not found any touch point yet? And internally, do you see any future collaboration? Because obviously we've got data of how many times people check in, what kind of workout they're on, you know, what they're personal health stats are they've got a personal trainer they, they take a lot of vitamin supplements so on and so forth so how do you does that kind of calibrate into you know how do we get these people that are within a two to three mile radius you know what health clubs are nearby or what studios and how do we collaborate or work together or share data or do co-marketing do you think that's kind of a way that coming down yeah no i think um let me come back to the data piece because that's in uh, that's always uh, an interesting and a separate conversation uh, on its own but uh, in terms of the value proposition to the customer you're you're spot on i think there is absolutely no reason why as a holistic uh, uh, way to uh, take care of a customer and giving them a seamless opportunity to offer a single single digital destination for them to take care of themselves in terms of whether it's scheduling a class or getting i don't know supplements or other you know information related to if i'm doing this kind of exercise routine what else do i need to do to take care of advisory services consolidating uh, my schedule and and then even the the fitness club or the gym uh, partnering with uh, the Walgreens to create a more personalized offering, personalized class. So this person is in this medicine medication. Uh, they should probably be, you know, doing this for 20 minutes instead of 40 minutes, or take it do a different activity, different exercise, and, and so forth. So I think that's that that's definitely uh, an opportunity that we can partner with uh, a fitness club or a yoga, yoga studio. How are you kind of pivoting? Because I think this would be helpful for our our audience to understand. You know, Walgreens typically, at least from a consumer standpoint, is a place that you go. You know, and do, do, do you, are you viewing like my health information and my digital is not going to be a separate branded app, but you'll actually have a Walgreens app, and you're saying, "Look, I own the customer." And I'm going to be the, the, the uh, you know, the, the platform of record, or is it like, you know, if you have an I, if you have a Fitbit or if you have a iPhone, like whatever you're doing there, we'll pull that data into the Walgreens app. Or are you saying like, Hey, look, I am like your system, your mission critical system. And I am your database. How do you, how do you think about that? 
Well, I think both ways are possible. And really, as I was saying earlier about, it comes down to consumer trust. I think fundamentally, mm-hmm. as I was, uh, I don't know at what point our connection uh, dropped off, but I, in this business, one thing I realized, even despite uh, being in the technology field, consumer technology for 25 years is data and trust and when it comes to health and wellness are so important that who uh, who is the company owning my data and uh, what are they going to do with it mm-hmm. is a fundamental question, even more important than the customer experience, the value proposition, the product, and the, all the usual things. So I think that's going to be a key factor in terms of whether for a particular experience um, does the customer is the customer more willing to place their trust in Walgreens or, you know, some other company um, mm-hmm. that, and I, I honestly don't know, but in terms of our, so that will be the, what the factor that will inform that decision. But in terms of our strategy as it exists in a, today, you know, we have, <clears throat> we do have one Walgreens app and we offer multitude of services. In fact, we offer a service called, find care which is about finding providers of digital and physical health care and uh, at your local walgreens or even in the local area mm-hmm. and uh, that service has been um, is featured inside our walgreens app the same app that you would manage your prescriptions and uh, manage your photos and so forth and we have seen very good reception uh, that way. But I think, uh, I honestly think, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm sure in your area, you know, uh, for example, even what Apple's trying to do with Apple Health, where there is, you know, customers are choosing in certain cases to place their data with the Fitbits and Omrons and other companies at the same time while uh, placing some of their data in Apple Health directly and then becoming that uh, central place for health. So, I, I really think I, uh, it's un, unclear and a uh, lot of, and especially once you get into really personal HIPAA healthcare data, then there are even regulatory aspects which uh, create a different uh, complexity to the whole thing. Gotcha. So, you know, I think, you know, I'm in New York um, and, you know, I feel like sometimes I'm tainted by thinking that everyone has picked their uh, app of choice. And I go into the rest of the country and I sometimes see that people don't even know some of the the brands or some of the apps that, <laughs> that we use. So right. when, when you look at, um, you know, if we have a health club chain in, you know, the, the middle of the country, you know, I, I don't assume anymore that they know what SoulCycle or Barry's Bootcamp or yeah. uh, CrossFit are even. So when you look at Walgreens, and this is probably akin to how some of our health club operators think, is that like, look, I'm not behind. I haven't ceded any ground. You know, I just, you know, I'm going to be kind of like uh, what the cable companies were to TiVo. You know, like TiVo, go and figure out how to how to do it and get people comfortable with that they can record their shows. And now I'm just going to add it as a, a DVR function. <laughs> so like, thanks for educating people and I'll take it from here. Do you kind of feel like, Sometimes um, the world that we live in is not really the speed of the rest of the, the economy and that peoples have not really tied themselves to a, uh, a, an app of choice 
yet and that Walgreens kind of just is well positioned to say, okay, when I launch this and I roll it out, I'm going to get most of these people anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's a great way to frame it. And, and as somebody I was intimately involved in, I was working at Microsoft when the TiVo Comcast situation happened. And I know intimately exactly what you were talking about. You know, TiVo had sold, I think, 500,000 DVRs over its six years of life. And Comcast came in and within two quarters sold a million. Uh, so, right. you know, so I, but I, I, I you know, as a consumer technology innovator, I'd never be the one to say we can just uh, wait and see, wait and watch by the sidelines, and uh, then be that fast follower uh, to just you know uh, recover. I, I I don't look at it that way. What I do, <coughs> what I do believe right now is a lot of these technologies have uh, and apps <coughs> have yet found a mainstream value proposition. They are <laughs> even. I think just about. Uh, um, I, I was in a panel uh, within a week of uh, Fitbit going public. It was about four years ago, and um, we asked for a show of hands how many people own a Fitbit. And uh, you know, I think about eighty percent of the hands went up. It was in Silicon Valley, mm. and. Then the second question was, how many of you have used use it on a daily basis? And I think about 10% of the hands remained up. So uh, I think they, uh, for me as a consumer products person, I look at engagement and adopt engagement and uh, retention much more than purchase and initial transaction, right? And have we reached a point of it becomes a habit, like, you know, um, you know, the way we would consider Netflix or Uber or uh, these services where it's, it's become a habit. It's part of the, you know, and a mainstream vernacular and fabric of life. And I don't think any of these services yet have been that. And it's not due to their fault. I think it just, it's a, we are at that stage where the consumers are, I mean, even, you know, look at, you know, wearables as, as a category, the adoption from a whole, you know, regular usage perspective, is very low. It's, it's yeah. So, so, so I really think in this terms of this digital health, uh, whether it's SoulCycle or even Peloton, we have seen early successes, and which is great. More power to them. But I really think uh, we have yet to find that fit, that product market fit, where literally, you know. 30, 40, 50% of the American population uh, is using something on a daily, weekly basis. And really, it's woven into their fabric. So I think that's what I am looking for. And uh, now we're not going to sit down and uh, sit by the sideline till you know somebody educates the market. I, we are looking at mostly consumer behavior and seeing what, what is really uh, the compelling need and value proposition that people uh, are gravitating to and where we need to be a part of that. Yeah, understood. Yeah. So if, um, let's say the largest health club chain uh, in the U.S. or a large health club chain came to Walgreens and said, you know, look, I want to um, figure out a way to uh, do something here where I'm, I'm either transferring, you know, with the consent of the members, obviously, you know, their, their exercise uh, regimen and, and have Walgreens as a 
as a partner, it sounds like from a standpoint of where you're headed, like those conversations aren't years away. That's, that's potentially like something that could be on, on point here sooner than later. Absolutely. No, um, um, definitely. I mean, in, in fact, I mean, I would even encourage that discussion today <laughs> uh, because, uh, you know, that's our wellness uh, strategy is exactly that. It's just a uh, partner, you know, we, uh, you probably have seen uh, a press release uh, maybe two weeks ago, less than two weeks ago, actually. We partnered with uh, Jenny Craig. You know, we are uh, experimenting that with, I think, uh, I believe it was 100 or so stores where they would set up, you know, their services, offering products and everything as part of the same. And in that discussion, uh, that, you know, that outcome started with a discussion a few months ago. So what you're saying is right. I mean, it's very imminent and very relevant today. That's great. That's yeah. great. So, so from a standpoint of, you know, for, for people to kind of view Walgreens, you know, this isn't like just the, uh, the traditional uh, drugstore and, and, you know, that the digital is becoming more and more a part of the, 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 the initiative um, internally. What are some of the cultural changes that you've had to try to implement or get people through? Because in the, in the health club industry is an example where a lot of our, our listener base is, um, you know, we're on average pretty slow to adopt new technologies and sometimes we kind of hope some of them just go away so we don't have to figure them out so how have you been able to you know educate and and kind of reframe the conversation that you know we're not in the we're not really in the transactional you know receipt business like this isn't a you know this isn't just about selling products like how how have you know maybe just kind of touch on for a minute of how you've gone in and you know, kind of change the narrative. If, if you could do that for, you know, in a short period of time, <laughs> take up your entire, you know, philosophy or mission. Yeah, no, I think that, that you just said is a key question, but I think that this is one of those uh, leadership things where there is no silver bullet. You just uh, uh, keep evangelizing and championing the mission and the cause, why you're doing what you're doing. And I think I've been saying, this for, I give a lot of, uh, I do a lot of speaking on uh, retail uh, transformation and e-commerce. And one of the things I'm very fond of saying is retail used to be a transaction business. Now it's a relationship business. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that means is you look at the customer as a lifetime value, uh, not as a, so I'm not trying to maximize my profit from you on one transaction today, but what you do with me over the course of two years or three years, and you define that metric, you actually assign people's incentives and uh, focus and product strategies around that long-term value metric instead of uh, just spending your time with merchandise mix and gross profit margins on those things which a typical retailer does. So I think that's what I am, you know, having my experience of doing exactly that with Amazon Prime, where you really change the, not just uh, the mentality, but also the actual economics of the business mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a long-term relationship, a lifetime value business, 
and so I think that's that's been my uh, you know uh, my approach. And but like I said, there is not a, a, a you know brilliant strategic insight that you have one PowerPoint presentation and everyone suddenly sees the light. It's one of those things where yeah. I mean I mean in the change management uh, uh, business that. Uh, you just do this on a blocking and tackling, inching away everyday business and the shift an organization of our size. But it's, yeah. it's great, I think. And I, But you need to find a common language. I think you need to find something that people are already gravitating to. And in our case, it's the customer. You know, we have been, there is the aspect of customer relationship and service and personal service, human touch, is so part of the fabric. So you leverage that. You know, you, you have to also find a, connection with the core of the business that helps sure. makes sense all right great well we're in new york here so we uh we we see all of our Dwayne reed by walgreens so uh i am going to uh get back to you with some opportunities on uh partnerships in the city that's got uh, more vertical density than anywhere else and maybe yes. we'll find a, a partnership that works that we can then talk about uh with the rest of the industry and get these health club operators to understand that Walgreens could be a potential digital partner or local partner, um, you know, in order to monetize and, and make sure that these, all these relationships are well served and keep people from your uh, prescription section would be the plan. <laughs> that, that's well said. And I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Pete. Excellent. All right. Thanks All right. for your time. Gunjan. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Bye-bye.